0: I was writing her really long detailed responses and I wasn't even thinking, oh, how am I gonna turn this into a business? I was just like trying to figure things out. And then one day, about two weeks after this, she emailed me again and I thought it was gonna be another question. And I opened up and she said, hey, you have helped me so much these last two weeks. I know you're gonna help me even more if I hire you. So how can I hire you? And I actually had to say to her, This is awesome. Okay, why don't we plan to talk in a week? Because honestly, I have no clue what I could sell or what's fair to the both of us. So please let me go figure this out.
1: That was Louisa Jo. And in this episode, she shares how she was able to transition from an employee to a full-time entrepreneur with a thriving seven-figure business. Louisa also gives us the exact strategies she used to find her first few clients and figure out what to offer them, as well as the advice she would give herself if she were starting all over again today. If you're currently looking to escape your nine-to-five job and start a business of your own, you'll definitely want to stick around for the rest of this episode. So let's jump in. You're listening to the Content Heroes Podcast, where entrepreneurs, marketers, and creatives share how they've built profitable businesses on their own terms by creating content online. And now, your host, Josiah Goff. Welcome to Content Heroes, everyone. I'm here with Louisa Joe, who is the creator of the Employee to Entrepreneur System. And I am super pumped about this conversation today because that is a journey that is very near and dear to my heart. So Louisa, thanks so much for being on the show.
0: Thanks so much for having me here.
1: Awesome. So can you share with us your story? Because I know you've had your own journey. That's uh, pretty great.
0: Yeah, so in a nutshell, essentially, I mean, I spent a good amount of time in the corporate world, had the whole, you know, oh, climb the corporate ladder, do great, and that's going to be your life type of idea going into it. I ended up going into quite a few different industries. I started out as an engineer for the space station, did financial services, and eventually ended up working at a tech startup that was doing digital advertising for big corporations like BMW and Mercedes. And what I realized at that point was, okay, nope, this is not what I want to be doing. And well, that sucks because I've just spent all this time, you know, working my butt off to get to a certain career, salary, all of that. But it's not gonna, this is not going to be the rest of my life. And so what ended up happening was, I mean, you know, this was a time of luck meets just work ethic, because this was when small businesses were really starting to get into Facebook ads. And so I realized, wow, I know these skills from my job. And so I can help small business owners with this. So I started consulting on that, replaced my income before I left my job. And then what happened was after I left, people started asking me, hey, how did you do all of this? How did you do it while you were in a job? And so I started teaching what I had done and figured out And that led to the creation of my current business, which I have been in going on about five, six years.
1: Wow, that's awesome. So I want to dig into that transitionary period. But before I do that, I'm really curious. You said you were an engineer for the space station?
0: I was so I was on one of the contractor teams that did supported the communications and tracking for the space station. So yeah, my background is I mean, I grew up in a very traditional Asian family. My parents were like you're going to study engineering, right? That's how you're always going to have a stable job. And so I studied electrical engineering and then worked on that team for a while and then realized, no, just kidding. This is <laughs> not what I thought it would be.
1: <laughs> wow, that's amazing. So while you're in your job, you built up your income on the side to replace your income from your job so that you could make that transition. Yes. When I made the transition, I did not do that. Um, <laughs> you and I were talking before the call. Yeah. And for me, it was because I knew that I had tried to do like side hustles before and I am just not wired to be able to, or at least I wasn't at the time, I was not wired to be able to divide that attention of my, you know, having a full-time job and a family and a thing on the side. And I knew that if I didn't like just cut my safety net, that I would end up talking myself out of it. So what I'm really curious to hear about is like, what was that phase like for you when you were building stuff up on the side? And why did you not give up? Why did you keep with that?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, first, let me just preface it with saying I think it was one of the hardest periods of my life, if not the hardest. And also, what made a big difference was I don't have kids, right? <laughs> and so that w- was a whole chunk of my life and free time that I had that I know a lot of people don't have. And so I had those things going for me in in my advantage in terms of building a, a business on the side. But the thing is also, it took me about I want to say three to four years of starting and stopping before I finally started gaining traction. So during that whole time, I was doing different side hustles. I was trying to start different businesses. I went through a phase where I was helping people with Microsoft Excel because I had those skills for my job at the time. I was um, helping people with career coaching, you know, get to the managerial position, six figures, all of the stuff that I had achieved. So it did all of that on and off for a while. I will say, I think, A few things that made the biggest difference for me was I would like every I feel like every other day I would call my parents and say, hey, guys, I just want to let you know I'm going to quit next week. I can't take this any longer. And and I did that for years. Right. (laughs) And, you know, I think what it just came down to was I was not brave enough to because, first of all, I'm super risk averse. I knew I'd gotten really lucky, right place, right time with the the job, the salary that I had. And if I left and I came back, I might not be able to get the exact same type of position and salary again for a few years. And that would set me back. And so with all of that, I think it just like really held me back. It was that, you know, good enough place. And then thankfully, my mom would also say... Louisa, calm down, just give it another week. Let's see how you feel by then. And then by then I would have calmed down enough to to stay for at least another week or so until we repeated this. So I'm very (laughs) thankful for my mom's just kind of like patience, you know, and thinking I was a little bit crazy, which worked out. So with that, it was just on and off for so long. And then this is what happened. I was tempted to give up and I kind of did on and off for so many times. But then right at the beginning of when I got really serious about this, everyone in my family had something horrible happen to them. So my father was rushed to the ER for emergency heart surgery. And the doctor said, you know, he was so lucky to have survived. My mother was diagnosed with cancer. And then my sister was hit in the eye with this freak snowball. The doctors were afraid that she was going to lose her eyesight. And thankfully, everyone is okay now. But back then, you know, that happened over the period of about over a year. And so I had an amazing employer and great benefits, but it wasn't like I could take off a year and just go be with them, especially since, you know, I come from a very middle income family. My dad had one income supporting all of us. And so I wasn't going to just be like, okay, let me take, you know, unpaid time off and then put that financial burden on either my savings or worst case scenario on what my parents, right? I wasn't going to do that. And so with all of that, I thought, okay, this is it. If I can't be there for the people who need me and matter most to me, then it, nothing else really matters. So I need to get my butt and get my stuff together and make this happen.
1: Oh, man. That's so good. I was in that same boat. I made several career transitions <laughs> as well, always trying to find like that thing. Yep. And I had some similar experiences with my dad got cancer, and then also like it's interesting that having having a kid and becoming a dad just sort of made me step back and question like everything <laughs> in my life, you know. <laughs> to where there was a lot, I went through like some serious existential crises leading up to that point of like, what am I doing with my life? And it was a lot of the same, a lot of the same things where you realize that. Every situation has its pros and cons, right? But you've got to look at like, what's really important to you and get really honest with yourself. And it sounds like, like that's what you did where you looked at, hey, the security, the perceived security that I have and the position that I have and everything that I've worked up to, the trade-off with that is that like, I don't have the freedom to make certain choices when it matters to me. And it sounds like that was the real catalyst of, of you making that transition.
0: That's exactly it all of the things holding me back became less important than what mattered for me it had to get to that point
1: yeah absolutely so let's talk about what you're doing now um so you said that you built up a consulting business on the side helping people with facebook advertising can we talk about that business first and then and then how you yeah, transitioned to what you're doing now
0: looking back, right, it feels like so many things happened. And I was just really lucky. What happened was this was at a point where I had been doing career coaching. And I had decided, look, yes, I can tell you about this. But I think you're going to get to a point and by you, I mean, my clients, they were going to get to a point where they were like where I was, and they were going to want to leave their jobs. And so it didn't feel good to me to talk to them about how to get better in their careers when that's what I believed. And so I said, Okay, I can't do this. What the heck am I going to do? And I was having a moment where I thought, Okay, my two skills that I thought I could build a business on the Excel and the career coaching are not working out for me. And so my gosh, is there anything else that I can do? And so that's when I started basically going into Facebook groups. And before that, I didn't even know they were a thing, right? It was just like a casual conversation I'd had with someone who was actually, they were a copywriter. So they had been doing this for maybe a year or two years. And so they're like, look, I get all my clients from Facebook groups. And hmm. so I thought, okay, well, what is this? So let me go check it out. And so I went into Facebook groups and I saw this woman asking questions about running her ads. And I thought, Oh, that's cool. And so I answered her questions and then I messaged her and I said, Hey, I do this in my job. So I can definitely help you with this. I'm happy to help you for free. All I ask in return is, would you be willing to answer a few market research questions for me so I can figure out if this could even be a business? And so what ended up happening was we got on the phone, I remember it was like Saturday, I think at 11 my time or something, I remember thinking, oh cool, someone wants to talk to me. And so we had a really great conversation. And then what ended up happening was for about 2 weeks after that, we just exchanged a lot of back and forth email where she was asking me these pretty in-depth questions. And I was just thinking, oh, wow, someone wants to know this. Let me just answer. And I was writing her really long, detailed responses. And I wasn't even thinking, oh, how am I going to turn this into a business? I was just like trying to figure things out. And then one day, about 2 weeks after this, She emailed me again, and I thought it was going to be another question. And I opened up and she said, Hey, you have helped me so much these last two weeks. I know you're going to help me even more if I hire you. So how can I hire you? And I actually had to say to her this is awesome. Okay. Why don't we plan to talk in a week? Because honestly, I have no clue what I could sell or what's fair to the both of us. So please let me go figure this out. So I spent a week scrambling trying to, and you know, this was a few years ago. So there wasn't even that much information about coaching prices and stuff like that online. And so I was just like, okay, what can I do? How can I, what can I charge that's fair? And What ended up happening was I just said, you know what, can't find any good information. So I'm just going to estimate how much time I'm going to have to spend working with her and apply that to my hourly rate. And because I'd already gotten a feel for how in-depth her questions were and how much time I'd spent, it ended up being a significant amount of time. And so the rate I came up with was about $5,000 for six months. And I mean, I share that nowadays and people are like, what? You started with that? And, you know, they forget or not, they forget, but it's easy to forget that. Yeah. But before that, I'd spent two weeks literally answering this woman's, you know, questions every day for, I mean, hours, I was looking over all of her stuff. And so we built that relationship. And so she said, yes. And with that, you know, I, I had my first client and I was Not off to the races, but I had a client. And so I thought, okay, you know, maybe I can get another one. Maybe this wasn't a fluke. So that's how that started.
1: The way that you went about it was absolutely the right way where you embedded yourself in some communities where you felt like you could serve. You didn't know how. You didn't know how yet, but you knew that if you showed up, you could figure it out. And then you served first and you, you know, you showed that you could add value. And I love that you didn't even like have to make a sale that first time that someone actually came to you and said, hey, how can I hire you? That's fantastic. So how did you go about scaling up from there?
0: Yeah. So the reason why I said and right, a second ago, like I actually wasn't off to the races was because what happened after that was I just got in my head. I was like, okay, I've gotten one client. How can I start scaling my business? And I was not ready to be thinking about that. Right. So I was like, okay, I know how to run ads. How do I create my own funnels and things was not ready for that. <laughs> and so basically wasted a bit of time doing that. And then I realized, okay, let me go back to the basics. What worked? Talking to people in Facebook groups. Let me do more of this. Duh. Right. And so I started doing that. I did more answering questions, the same stuff. I offered free consulting sessions where I would review people's content and, and help them. And what happened next, and I'm really glad we're talking about this, is because, I mean, again, I really think I got lucky, you know, right place, right time with that first client because. After that, there weren't a lot of people who I would, you know, spend two weeks answering their questions and really building that relationship. It was, hey, I'm going to give you awesome free consulting for maybe half an hour, an hour. And then if you want to learn more about how I can help you, then we'll talk about it. And so because of that, because I didn't have any testimonials, a website, I really didn't have anything. And I didn't have that time talking to people and helping them people were saying, okay, $5,000. Whoa, that's way too expensive. You know, I don't know you. And I mean, there were some people I remember back then who were like, I don't know you, you look like you're 12. So the Asian blessing slash curse. And so (laughs) I mean, yeah, yeah. So I mean, I had so many people say no to me in a row. It was really depressing, to be honest. And so what I said was, all right, I can keep on charging this price and doing this. And you know, holding to my worth and all of that. Or I can just say, you know what? I'm in the learning phase. I'm getting back into the beginner's mindset. What can I do to actually move forward? And so I sat down and asked myself basically and thought through, what's the lowest price I would be comfortable charging that I wouldn't feel resentful of this person that I was working with? And I pulled a number out of thin air. It was fifteen hundred dollars for three months, and so basically, I went out there and I next person I spoke with, I said, "Okay, fifteen hundred dollars for three months." And you know, I think it was a combination of everything. Of at that point, I'd been showing up online consistently for a while. That person had probably seen me. I was just like feeling so good about this price. Like you're going to get such incredible value. And so that person said, "Okay, yes, this is a no brainer." And so I was like, okay, great. Client number two, you know, client number one wasn't a fluke, but okay, two, two clients, this is starting to become something. And so that built my confidence and that helped me be confident enough to raise my price point right away for the next sale to $3,000 for three months. And so made another sale shortly after that, same thing. And after that, I raised my price back up and didn't drop it after that.
1: Yeah, I love that. I did the same thing when I started It's absolutely that when you start out, you're just, you don't have a ton of confidence of like, there's always that question of, can I actually help this person? Can I provide enough value? But I think the other piece of it too is like, I did a similar thing to you where when I started, I set my prices like towards the top of the market. Yep. And that actually ended up helping me a lot because it it was a, it was a positioning thing. Like it set me apart from mm. everyone else who was trying to, you know, competing on price. And I attracted the, the clients that were going to want to work with someone who charges that. But the other piece of it was, I left my job and we had like two months of runway and I had to replace like a six-figure income as quickly as possible. <laughs> so like, you know, looking back on it, it seems kind of crazy because I wasn't really basing it on anything other than like, <laughs> you know, this company paid me six figures. So if I can bring value to a company, enough value for them to pay me the salary that, that they were paying me, I can price myself high enough to where I can get to the point where I can replace that income. And for me, it was more of a, and you probably went through the same thing too. Like a lot of people listening to that, they're like, oh, that just sounds, like that sounds crazy. But when you do that and you kind of, basically you're, you're putting yourself out there to the point of like you it makes you uncomfortable if someone says yes you basically, you have no choice but to rise to the occasion or give them their money back.
0: (laughs) I love that you said that. And you know, that's a huge piece. Like, because even though I was like, okay, the math works out in my mind. I was like, are you kidding me? You know, this is the first like client who has wanted to work with me in this capacity outside of my job. Like, is this actually going to work? And so I did exactly that. And I mean, a great example is I actually, for my first like two calls, I was so nervous, even though I'd already worked with this person and I knew what I was talking about. I was so nervous that this is what I did. For our first one hour call, I spent three hours reviewing everything, planning exactly what I was going to say to her. And then I scripted out exactly what I was going to say to her to make sure I didn't forget a single thing. And we covered everything and she got incredible value. And I did that for the first two calls, like spending three or four hours on a one hour call and then all the other client work. And so you know, but like, I'm, I'm grateful for that experience. Because when I did that, I realized, yes, you know, what, I, like, obviously, I know my stuff. But aside from that, I can trust that I am going to do whatever it takes to rise to the occasion. So yeah, I love that.
1: That's fantastic. So let's jump into, you know, what, what your business is looks like now. Like, how are you serving your audience at the moment?
0: I've got a few different ways. Essentially, I, I think of myself as like a coach and a teacher. So I have lots of different versions of the things that I teach. My one of my flagship courses, the, the one of the main courses is my employed entrepreneur course, which I have continued to update and refine over the years. And so I have that. That is the the biggest part of my business, both in terms of, I mean, in every term, in in terms of what I talk about, the content that I teach and the revenue driver in my business. I do offer private group coaching to a small number of students. So I do still do a little bit. And I love doing that because I think it keeps me in tune with what's going on and with what my students and clients are feeling. I know there are a lot of uh, my colleagues or people who are in business in this type of business for a certain number of years, or they reach a certain revenue level and they think, you know what, I'm just going to let the past quote unquote, passive income from courses roll in. And you know what, that's great. Awesome. But I just get some always good takeaways. And it reminds me of what why I'm doing what I'm doing as well with that. So I've got that as well. And uh, then aside from that, I've got other courses over the years. I've developed, I don't even know how many, maybe 6, 7 other courses as well. Just like filling in gaps for... I mean, this has been really my driving force. I always create something where I've had to figure it out on my own. It probably cost me a lot of time and or money. And then I think, okay, well, now I'm going to teach it so no one else has to go through that. And so I've got quite a few courses that address those points as well. And so my business is this this... this growing course education business with a little bit of coaching from me for a small number of students.
1: That's awesome. Can you give us a rundown? It's just kind of like an overview of what the Escape the 9 to 5 course looks like.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I essentially teach exactly what I did and went through. Obviously, some of the things are updated for the times and everything, but it's the same process where I truly believe that if you want to replace your income and you want to start doing it while you're in a job, the best business model. And (laughs) I know because I feel like I tried them all. The best one is coaching where you take some or you know a portion of your skills whether it's your job your experience whatever that looks like and help someone with it in a premium capacity so that you can work with a small handful of clients you know in the beginning when you're working with just one or two clients it's doable when you're in your job anyways And it's not easy, but it's doable, you know? And so you you build that confidence and and that revenue and all of those things before you leave your job. And so what I teach is essentially getting started, figuring out what you can offer, how to package it, how to price it, how to deliver it, and then getting clients all the way to your first few clients, all the way to creating a system that helps you scale that to six or multiple six figures if that's the way you want to go.
1: Cool, that sounds fantastic. So I'm really curious now what is your marketing strategy look like? Are you still you know spending a lot of your time in Facebook groups? you know what what kind of content are you creating to attract your target customer?
0: Yeah, so I'm not spending a lot of time in Facebook groups anymore, but the reason for that, and I, I want to caveat because I do get a lot of questions like do Facebook groups still work? Heck, yes, they do, right? It's just about what are you willing to put into it? Nowadays, I get people asking me, hey, are Facebook groups a great way to get started if you're starting out? And that's why I wanted to talk through this. And the answer is yes. It's one of those rare places where you can actually find your audience, whatever it is, your industry is gathered in one place, right? And people are actually engaging there. That's not that common. The thing is, yes, a lot of groups right now don't allow for promotion, right, of your services. And and that's actually not a bad thing. Nobody goes on a social media thinking, how can I buy from, you know, so-and-so. It really is about that engagement and that connection. And you know, like I shared just earlier in our conversation, I wasn't like I was going into groups and saying, Hey guys, this is what I do. This is why you have to buy from me. I didn't really talk about that much at all, to be honest, or at all in the beginning, I was just talking to people, answering questions, sharing helpful things. And through that, people would know, okay, this is who I want to talk to if I'm interested in this. And so I do believe they are still one of the best places to get started. That being said, at this point, I am five, six years into my business. So I want to put that into perspective. It's just there's so many other platforms I love being on right now. I actually archived my own Facebook group at the beginning of this year because it's just, yes, you know, you can have a team to help you with all of your content and your marketing. But the point of social media is for you to engage personally. And so I just wasn't able to engage on Instagram on YouTube and and on Facebook and so I said, you know what, let me play with these other platforms, maybe I'll come back. But I mean, Facebook definitely has a special place in my heart cuz it's how I built my business. So, nowadays, you know, we continue to run advertising. I built my business on Facebook social media, groups and through advertising. And so, you know, like like we talked about earlier, don't fix what's not broken. <laughs> Keep on doing what's working. <laughs> And then on top of that, I have added over the years, the longer term strategies like blogging to drive search traffic. I started doing YouTube about uh, maybe a year and a half, two years ago. Instagram, that's something I've tested and played with on and off. And this year, I'm doubling down on Instagram to really focus on that and drive that. And so, I mean, I also do from time to time partnerships, affiliate ventures, things like that. But those are the, the main things that I focus on nowadays in my business.
1: That's great. Have, what have you seen has been the um, biggest driver of traffic these days, do you think?
0: Actually, well, I mean, the timing for us talking right now, it, you know, is a <laughs> different time. And so, yeah. yeah. So because of that, actually, I am seeing Facebook ads right now be some of the best drivers. And, and I'll answer, I'll talk about others in a second. But right now, like, I have not seen ad costs this slow ever, right, in the last Five, six, seven years. I don't want to say, oh, there's the opportunity because of all the negative things happening in the world, but if you're thinking about it from a business perspective and you're wanting to acquire the best traffic sources in the most efficient way, that is the option I would recommend right now. That being said, you know, aside from that, to to answer your question in, in general, what I've been seeing is that YouTube. YouTube ads are a great source of traffic nowadays for my last live launch last year we invested a significant amount of ad spend in in YouTube traffic and the quality of the people that we saw come through that was incredibly high they weren't also as kind of cynical as people we saw from Facebook ads you know because they weren't like oh my gosh I see ads all the time and this is yet another one they were excited they were they were hopeful they were ready and uh, they hadn't kind of had bad, bad, other experiences from you know other maybe courses or, or things. So that was really amazing. So that's the second or next channel that I would really recommend focusing on.
1: Yeah, that's great. I feel like YouTube ads have definitely started growing, but there's still so much potential there because it's a higher barrier to entry because you have to create video to run ads. You really? can't just write True. some copy and pick an image. Yeah. <laughs> you've got to know what you're doing to make them stand out and engaged and, and high quality enough, you know? So, yeah. So this has been, this has been fantastic. Before we start to wrap up, I'd love to know like if you could go back and talk to, you know, Louisa from five, six years ago before you took the leap, like what would be one piece of advice you'd give her?
0: My gosh. So much advice. Okay, you know what, I think one of the biggest things I would tell myself is don't make decisions from a place of fear. Right? Because for so long, I was scared of so many things like, is this really possible? Right? Am I going to fail? Am I going to continue to be able to grow? Am I going to miss out on opportunities? Maybe I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not whatever enough. And so what that caused me to do was In some ways, it was good. It caused me to really over-deliver the heck out of everything I sold. So that was good. I would keep on doing that. But it also caused me to make investments in my business that cost me a lot of money and time as well in in some of those cases. And looking back, I like yes, everything worked out. And I'm glad I've had all the experiences I've had. I actually wouldn't trade any of them because I learned something from all of them. But I mean, looking back... I don't know how this could have worked out differently, but some of the mentors I hired you know, cost me six figures. Some of the mistakes I made testing different campaigns cost me multiple six figures. And if I had just been a little bit more patient, a little less scared of, oh my gosh, if I don't work with this person, I'm never going to figure this out. Or if I don't do this campaign, I'm not going to be able to grow my business. I think I would have created a lot more enjoyable experience for myself and saved myself a lot of Time, money, heartache, all of those things. You know, that being said, it's like looking back, hindsight is twenty You've got to invest in yourself. You've got to believe in yourself. And so you are going to make mistakes. But if possible, maybe just remind yourself to uh, approach it from that place of optimism and hope and excitement versus, oh my gosh, I'm so scared if I don't do this, what's going to happen?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I always like to ask myself, like, what's the worst thing that could happen? Right, you know, like yeah, <laughs> because when you really dig into that, it's not that bad, and so it's not nearly as scary as as you are telling yourself that it is. <laughs> <So> true <laughs> Oh, this has been great i'm I'm so glad we had this conversation. Uh, before we hop off here, can you share with everybody where they can find and connect with you online?
0: Yes, absolutely. So I've got a few places. The first place is a free PDF I have on a blueprint for building your own six figure online coaching business. And so if you go to luisajo.com slash gift, I'm going to spell my name because it's spelled a little bit differently. It's L-U-I-S-A-Z as in zebra, ho com and then slash gift. You're going to get that PDF. You are going to join my email list. You're going to get lots of fun, valuable emails from me talking about starting and growing your own online business. And uh, that's a really great place. I, I write really great emails. I'm also, like we talked about a second ago, really active on Instagram right now. So that's a good place to connect with me. Louisa.joe. So L-U-I-S-A dot Z-H-O-U. And I would say, you know, all right, I've got one more. My YouTube channel, which has just really in-depth tutorials. It's just, again, youtube.com slash C slash Louisa Joe. So any or all of those places are really great for more of my, my teachings if you guys have just enjoyed this conversation.
1: Yeah. Awesome. We'll make sure that all that's linked up in the show notes so they can find it easily. And thanks again so much for being on the show. And for everybody out there, go be a hero. Hey, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Content Heroes podcast. I just wanted to take a second and let you know that we have some amazing guests planned for the coming weeks. So if you haven't already, go ahead and hit subscribe so you can make sure to catch every episode. And if you enjoyed today's episode, go ahead and leave a five-star review to help make it easier for other content creators to find and enjoy the show. Lastly, I'd like to invite you to join our Content Heroes Facebook community where you can connect with other online content creators to share, learn, grow, and have fun. To join the group, just visit contentheroes.com Facebook. Once again, that is contentheroes.com Facebook.